Hello and welcome to episode 147 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Joining me on today's episode is a director, an upcoming director who's just released a brand new film called Great White. So anything to do with sharks, you know I'll be all over it. Today I'm joined by Martin Wilson. Truly, this is one of my favourite interviews that I've done this year. It's so much fun, there's so much energy, and we hit it off from the moment we talk. It is on another level to most of my recent episodes, and I absolutely adore it, so I can't wait to share it with you in just a couple of minutes' time. But you know the score by now, I like to use the introduction of the Mark and Me podcast to discuss the previous episode, and I was joined by the amazing RJ Mitty. We got to talk all about his brand new film, Triumph. Obviously, we were going to talk Breaking Bad. And my God, it went crazy. This episode blew up. One of my most downloaded episodes. And honestly, the response was phenomenal. Everyone loved it. Everyone loved him. Everyone loved the episode. So, hey, I'm absolutely thrilled. So thanks to everyone that tuned in and listened to that interview. But back to today's episode. I mean it. It's one of my favourite episodes I've ever done. I really, really love this from start to end and can't wait to get to it. So let's do just that. Here's me and Martin Wilson talking all things movies. So Martin, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Mark, it is great to talk to you, mate. What I want to do today is there will be some listeners that will be tuning in for the first time and they'll probably want to get an idea about how you became the person you are today. So I want to take it right back to the very start. Do you remember when you were growing up, those first sort of videotapes you may have rented or the films you watched with your parents that made you fall in love with film? Yeah, uh, I, it's an awesome question because I was then I watched them since uh, obviously after The Seven Samurai, but the 1961 with Steve McQueen and Neil Brenner. And that just became my favourite movie and it just sucked me in. And uh, I just love Westerns and... Um, and another Steve McQueen film, The Great Escape. I love that film. So I just got hooked into genre westerns and uh, war films, which was growing up in Perth, West Australia. That's what you watched on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday night. These films are on. And I just really started with all these films that were on TV, basically, and got sucked into watching those types of films and those sort of um, anti-hero 60 characters like Steve McQueen or, you know, um, Paul Newman. Um, I just just love these guys, uh, Cool Hand Luke and things like that, um, HUD and these other films. So I got really caught up in those films that were shot, were on TV that were, you know, shown in uh, when I was a kid. And then, then I started to get into uh, John Carpenter and I started to love every uh, you know in particular escape from new york and the thing yeah and um big trouble in little china so these films i just wore out the vhs when we actually had vhs t- tapes at the lot la- at the video shop and i just i just fell in love with uh kurt russell and the characters and the i guess the entertainment of those films and the you know the wit and the uh suspense and um, and how how well crafted they were, you know, the old style, you know, old style vis- visceral filmmaking, you know, and they really took you on a journey. And you know, as we were discussing, you know, that scene where the um, with the blood, and they were trying to find out who was 
the thing in the thing it just it, that those sort of scenes are so iconic and really hard to to replicate and and um you know they just they they just had this atmosphere and the music and the in-camera effects and of course kurt russell's character of jj mccready just just um as a kid those sort of films really sort of sit with you and then in australia the film i love mad max yeah so dr george miller i love the first mad max and in particular uh, mad max 2 which was the road warrior um that is a very cool movie um all in camera and just so the last the chase sequence at the end was just amazing and um he's a very gifted filmmaker and he um yeah and i, I obviously i love hitchcock and all of his stuff with north my northwest i love every all the films he did and then of course spielberg as well as a kid i loved Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think it's a great movie. And of course, Jaws, so all those types. And Jewel, I love Jewel, the truck movie. Yeah. And that's all these movies that are like pure cinema and they're sort of less dialogue and, you know, great um, set pieces and action pieces and great music and all the things that we like about movies, you know. So at this age, you're watching literally some of the best classics that even today hold up, you know, there's the stuff like The Thing in the 80s and Jaws mm. in the 70s. Were you like taking note that these are like practical effects at the time, or were you just a kid enjoying it, or were you actually thinking, "Wow, this is amazing"? Because it wasn't all green screen, it wasn't all CGI, and these films now I still think hold up because of this. I totally agree. I mean, you look at okay, so if you look at Raiders of Lost Ark, which was you know Spielberg at his best, he, he was trying to prove himself after um, was it nineteen forty one, so he just went bang. I'm just going to get everything quick and fast, but in the camera. Yeah, and you look that movie with amazement now because it does hold up so well and then you look at uh, Indiana Jones 4 and which is more CGI and you know the yeah. ant sequence and that and so you go wow you know like it's um, a bit of a change in philosophy and direction but I love that visceral 80s stuff you know where it really was they didn't have the technology so they were very resourceful um and it was all in camera and it's great isn't it like you really get uh, you really get caught up in the in the in the filmmaking and and the cleverness and their atmospherics that they were forced to to generate and um so they didn't get i don't think they got lazy they couldn't afford to be lazy they had to to rely on again also probably what you didn't see as well so your imagination is evoked and and that's very powerful um and those guys really knew how to how to pull those strings, you know? Watching the kind of the behind the scenes documentaries on these or the, the background stuff. What yeah. I really love about it is the detail and passion that went into it. So the building yeah. the designs and the actual modeling. And if you watch stuff like behind the scenes of Gremlins or the puppetry, now yeah. it would all be CGI and it would look shit in 10 years time. You know, we look, we're talking yeah. about Indiana Jones and the, the crystal skull. Yes. It yeah. looks shit, you know, the whole scenes with the yeah. aliens and the monkeys in the forest and the ants, mm. it's just terrible. And, yeah. you know, you go back and watch The Goonies now and uh, Lost Boys mm. and Gremlins, it yeah. still looks classic because it's the time and detail and passion went into it. Well, I, I totally agree. And I love watching those films and I love watching the behind the scenes because, you know, like you, you get involved in filmmaking, sometimes you do have hard days of like, wow, you know, um, when's your next film going to be made and all these things that seem to be in the air. And then you go back and you watch the passion of these guys and it gets you reinvigorated again. And 
you jump out of bed in the morning. There's a great documentary on, uh, I think it was made in the UK about uh, Fright Night. Um, have you seen that? It's, it's an I incredible. It's by, a group, it's by a group of guys that are from the UK and they're doing a new documentary at the moment on Robocop called Robodoc. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, th- I love that documentary. That yeah. is it, um, the passion of those guys. Yeah. And all incredible. the model makers and stuff is incredible. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because I do watch that just to try and, you know, get, um, you know, make sure you keep falling in love with filmmaking because it's it can be tough you know so you're watching all these amazing films you've re- you know you're re-watching these videos so they wear out so at what point was it that you thought to yourself maybe you could try and get involved in making this a full-time job yeah well i had um i just went to university and did commerce and just obviously i was floundering and <laughs> just started watching and they had film courses there that ran alongside your you could just do them and I started doing those courses and and doing a lot better because I had passion in it. And then I just kept chipping away at it. And then I had, I suffered from chronic fatigue, so I was sort of bedridden for two years. So all I did was watch movies, more right. movies, and just I just had to follow it through. So I just started um, getting getting better, and then working as a runner and uh, be a terrible runner, and then getting into uh, directing TV commercials. And that was fantastic because I could, you know, practice and, you know, you're not always going to get a feature film. I mean, it's years of writing scripts and stuff like that. So it was, and in in Perth, Western Australia, it, it, it it felt like the Antarctica of the film world. So you're sort of, what do you do to work in the industry? Well, you, you can do commercials and, you know, and here you could do a lot of, um, a diversity of them so you weren't just the bloke who did shampoo ads or the guy that did you know i don't know dog ads <laughs> yeah you, you had to do all the different ads so you got a bit of a variety of different films and i just kept i just kept at it and added and at it and then you know i like started writing scripts and uh because you're sort of forced to because you want to you know no one's going to give you a good script <laughs> you kind of kind of create that that uh yourself so i you know i wish i'd done that earlier to be honest with you but then and then these op- then opportunities come and and they go and then you finally get a film off the ground and then you and then you know you um in the meantime you develop other films and hope that all gets um you can move on to another one mate you know with yeah. your film that we're obviously going to be promoting now and everyone's going to be talking about great white is this your full i hope i'm correct here your full feature yeah. debut it is it is yeah. so it was a first first time and it was uh shot in queensland australia and it was 25 days shoot and it was yeah it was um you know lucky i had a really passionate cast who were you know w- you know willing to get their hands dirty and wanted to you know become you know really involved in the action and and you know, we're, we're willing to take risks and, and get out there. And um, because, you know, we were shooting on water and it's so tough on water. Yeah. Um, so, because you've got tides, you got wind, you got rain, you got everything that comes at you. And, and so you got 25 days. So, you know, when something stops, like get those hours back, you just try and find them the next other day. So, you know, you're sort of, you're dealing with a lot of, um, 
stuff out of your control. I mean, that's everyday filmmaking, but particularly on the water. So if you, for example, if you're, if you're shooting like out in deep water, you've got to be on boats. Um, We had a lot of stuff where we were shooting on a lifeboat, a life raft. So we were, you know, shooting quite shallow water. So the cameraman can be, you know, standing and shooting. And I found that as soon as we shifted from that type of style and went deeper, it probably, it probably took 50% longer. So yeah. you're always up against it, up against the elements. Um, and so that's when, you know, I, I had a really tremendous crew, really dedicated professional. So that really helped. And, you know, so, and great stuntmen and just everyone was really, really good on the, on the shoot. So we still, even though we only had 25 days, we, you know, we obviously maximize every, every second that we could, you know, um, and it was, it was a lot of fun, you know? I mean, I mean, so, you talked uh, about how you went from doing commercials and shorts and stuff, but this is your first full, yeah. you know, how, how did you make that jump? Because that's hell of a lot. You know, most people do music oh. videos and shorts and, but you went then, yeah. okay, let, let's do the whole shebang. Well, I did. It took 20 years. It took 20 years of commercials and I did do short films. I did, um, yeah. that went to America and, and, uh, one film I did called wait till your father gets home. Where I was actually, um, in Boston and I had a flight booked from Boston to Los Angeles on September 11 and I changed it the day before. So rather than going on September 11, I went on September 10, same flight, same everything. And um, so we survived September 11 by just changing it. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, the last the last moment. And I've still got the ticket. Like, I, was gonna, you know, I was literally going to say, it's a bit morbid, but yeah. did you keep that ticket? Because that's kind yes. of like final destination I, moment. Yeah, I've got the ticket. Um, and it was like, wow. And so I came back and I was, you know, because when, when we were in the hotel room, we were looking at, the twin towers and one of them was burning and it's just a strange image. Yeah. And then, then another one's burning. You go, how's that possible? And then it all, it all unfolds. And, and then you see, or they start flashing up the flights that, that, uh, that hit. And the, the one that I was on supposed to be on was the second tower. And so everyone back home, I'd told them, lucky I'd told my parents the night before I'd gone earlier, but you couldn't ring out. It was just, so it's quite a while ago. So every the technology is not what it was now, you know. So it was it was a crazy, crazy experience. Um, but so that that you know, like doing the commercials where you you you're doing that all the time. You're practicing, and then you're you're doing your short films, and then they did a fifty minute film for a, the TV stations here. But then it took me ages, mate, to actually get to the feature film because the hardest thing for any first time feature director is someone's going, okay, I'm going to trust you from, <laughs> you know, until you're a feature film director, you never, it's kind of chicken before the egg. They're never going to give you the money, but how do you become a director? You yeah. know, unless you do what a Kevin Smith does and go out and shoots something, you know, for 10,000 does clerks or, yeah. or Rodriguez, he goes and, gets experimented on and has seven grand and makes his film. You know what I mean? It's like, it's really tough for first time directors, obviously, because we're trying to prove to someone that we can do it. And then you finally get the chance. You just got to hang in there long enough. So it just, it's taken me a lot of time just to 
keep working on my skills, try and, um, you know, work on my script writing and work on my, um, you know, craft elements with the, with all the, you know, the actors and everything because, it, you know, without the script and without the actors, you kind of really laid bare, um, particularly when you don't have a lot of money and, you know, you're up against it in terms of time. So it is, it's just, it's just taken so long. And so I guess for me, it was through the commercials. I had the relationship with the producers who had known me for 20 years. Um, and then I had that element of trust and they backed me, you know, so you just get that, those one or two people that get in your corner just at the right time. Um, but that took, that took 20 years. <laughs> So how, how do you mentally find that determination to keep bouncing back and keep being persistent? Because I've had a lot oh. of up and coming directors and filmmakers on this podcast and how many people, you know, the majority will just crumble at the first or second mm. hurdle because it's too much of a challenge. And it's like, oh, I didn't get to make my film in the first year. So I gave up or I went to film school. My parents supported me. I went to make my film, but I couldn't get the budget. So I thought, fuck it. And I got a different job. And I'm like, you know, you're, you're there for two decades, fighting, mm. keeping going, fighting. you know, yeah. how do you just, to keep that up? I just, um, well, I just, uh, well, when I was sick, I just developed, a, it's, you know, you just develop a, a thick skin and a, a determination and, um, you know, um, it, it, I, I know where it comes from. I grew up in, um, it's funny, in Perth. There's these suburbs called Kundula, Girawin and Balga, and it's called the KGB. Right. And it's like a very harsh neighbourhood. So I grew up um, with having to have grit, basically. Yeah. And um, so you're going to need a ton of grit um, to keep going in the arts. And um, so it just came from my upbringing in that area and then just having a... Um, just an absolute um, desire, I suppose, and a passion to make films, which came from, and I'm so glad you asked me all those questions about all those films, because it came from the love of those movies. Yeah. That, and, and a passion inside of you that will push through all these horrible or tough, lonely or times or, yeah. or the multiple um, rejections that you're going to cop. And you get the resilience and you get the, you get the reward of sticking it out and um and then you know like uh so it's finally sort of happened i guess and then you hope that you get the next opportunity you know so you just and that's why you you, you could get so close and just at the last moment you might give up and then you'll never know so if you keep going then you might just get through that next hurdle and then you never know um but look, it is, it is, I won't say it's easy, but it was just every moment is, is grit. Uh, yeah. Every moment is like, how do you bounce out of bed? You want to bounce out of bed today. So what have you got going? You know, you're not going to a nine to five office. You know, you don't have the structure. You know, some people love structure and they want to, you know, um, and I get it. I, you know, many days you go, maybe you should chuck it in and just get a easy nine to five job. But then what? Would that, would that do to your dreams and your hopes and stuff that you have been creating since you were a kid and that you were, you know, wanting to achieve and, and you know, like, do you want to meet these guys or do you want to, what do you want to manifest? What do you want to, yeah. what do you want to create in your life? You know? And um, I think in filmmaking, 
like you know be creative or have an imagination and and see yourself there and then you know try and bring the the future into the present if you can um but yeah knowing that it does take time but i think it it happens for a reason too because you you need all that experience to um to deal with the, the pressure on the day and you know it's the, the set the film set alone is not for the faint-hearted because there's so many things you're getting pulled in so many directions and you have to be able to um, work. I think I think the most important thing is working as a team and, and it being collaborative um, and being able to listen to others is probably the most important thing. And, and you know, fighting for what you want. So, you know, choosing your battles. And that on the set, it's just like magnified because the pressure on everyone is like, you've got no time, so what, what are you going to do? <laughs> Give this shot up or take, you want that shot? What are you going to do? And you go, oh my God, you know, uh, you know, so experience helps you. You go, okay, well, yeah, I know I can still edit this together without that shot. Do I need to really stick to that? You know what I mean? So, uh, so it's like, if you had done that 20 years ago, what, what would you have done? Would you have melted and the whole film would have been such a disaster that you would never have made another one? So I guess for me, it's just been, I'm thankful that I've got more um, experience and wisdom to try and make better decisions, you know, so I could actually have a career. <laughs> so after this 20-year wait and obviously yeah. the persistence and doing these shorts and doing all the commercials and you've got this, you know, golden ticket to make this shark film, go there yeah. for 25 days. Were you, I know it's a long time coming and you got there but were you mentally prepared? Like when you got there, as of of course you've got experience, of course you've got the skills, you've yeah. got the tools, you've got the team, but was there this kind of moment when you're there and you're like the realisation of Christ, I'm here as the <laughs> kind of head of all this and yeah. I, I am like an egg timer is in front of me and I need <laughs> to make sure that this, was there a bit where you kind of thought, fucking hell, what have I done? <laughs> absolutely because really you're only human you know like yeah. you just go holy fuck i mean uh it was you know the moment i reckon mate uh mark it was when i was i saw all the catering tents and all the trucks yeah and there was a lot of them and you go oh shit they're for, they're here for me to make to to you know make good decisions yeah <laughs> like help everyone and make good decisions and be a good leader and da 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 but hey holy shit like you know and i was coming from perth to brisbane so i was i was the new kid on the block so i mean i had to make sure that i was you know winning friends and influencing people so you know this whole thing st stood together so i i tried to make myself mentally prepared before yeah. I went over. Um, when I got there, I was like, okay, I'll just keep doing the best I can. But of course I was, I was scared. I was, yeah. you know, every night I was going, what the hell am I gonna do tomorrow to make up for the time? And yeah, I was, I was, I was um, seriously under the pump and, and scared. And, um, but again, I just drew back to my childhood and the yeah. resilience and like if i can overcome that then um you know i can hold it together and i and mate the last day and finishing was like i, I just couldn't believe it uh, going back on the ferry on the water going hey you know like 
gosh, those 25 days, they went slowly, but they also went bloody fast as well. So, yeah. And so you're like, you mark, like you're in a prison. So you every night you mark, okay, I got through that day and now I'm going to get through the next day. So you just, it is really taxing because like on a commercial, for example, you got, you might shoot for one day and you just, you're, you're drilling into it and bang. And you know, the next couple of days you can probably chill out and, Think about it, but on a on a 25-day thing, you're every day, you're like bang, 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 you know, making sure that you, you, you're making sure every scene is, is possibly the best you can be because you're not going to be going back. And then you're going to be, you know, you're going to be sitting in an edit suite at one point going, oh, shit, I could have done that. Or I should have done that. So you're trying to minimise those things, you know. So, yeah. So once the film was finished and you you said you were heading back on the ferry and it was all done and yeah. like, you knew you had the edit and stuff to do. Yeah. The, the difficult thing is, and, and I'm saying this with full respect, is the moment anybody releases a film that's about a shark. So in the last yeah. few years, we've had The Meg, we've had Bates, we've had stuff like Deep Blue Sea. All the films, as soon as you read on any review site like mm. Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, yeah. the first thing you ever get is... It's not Jaws. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. And, you absolutely. know, I've seen some films recently and had directors on from stuff like 47 Meters Down, which I think is a bloody yeah. good film. And I've got four yeah. for that, you know. But you're instantly kind of against everybody because you've tried to attempt to make Jaws, which I know you didn't, but that's what everyone yeah, yeah. is. It's like, why would you try and make something when the absolute perfection of film <laughs> already being produced why would you even yeah. try and ever replicate another film anywhere oh. like it so i know you yeah. did a film about three guys going on a orca to try and attack a great white but you are instantly <laughs> kind of against all the roles in the world i know and it's just and you try not to read it i mean i've read a few before which were making me laugh but um and someone making me cry but <laughs> it's like what can you do? Like, you know, you just absolutely know you're up against it. And, of course, you love Jaws. It's an amazing film. And and then you read the original Guardian review of the Jaws, you know, and it's like yeah. Robert Shaw, is, his performance is ridiculous, you know, and he's and he's like Captain Hook and he's this and that. And you're like, God, I love Robert Shaw, but I love Robert Shaw on that film and I love his performance. Yeah. Why did the Guardian say that then? You know what I mean? Like, so, of course, it's a masterful film and you know so you straight away you're not trying to be yours you know as you're saying everyone is going go fuck you and they're going to try and you know now i understand <laughs> when yeah. i was making it i was like i can't think about that right now i've got to do it yeah but then when you get hit with all this stuff it's like okay well you know like and and, and in some ways i think someone told me the best way to deal with it is just like well yeah, you, you know it's going to be out there and the, and the internet's a really brutal place. Um, and so maybe there's a little bit of like, you know you're doing okay when when you're getting all these trolls in a way, you know what I mean? If you could try and take it with that attitude, yeah. maybe. Um, but but, but, but to be completely fair, um, I do a lot of research when I get a guest on here and I, I've spent a long time reading IMDb. And you know what? As much as it's difficult, and even with the podcast on iTunes, if I get 100 people tell me, it's their favorite podcast. The one person I've never met who says, Mark and me is shit. It will eat away at me. It will upset me. It will get to me. And I forget the hundred people that said it's great. Yeah. 
your, your, your film reviews at the moment, yes, let's not completely ignore the elephant in the room. Some people are saying, absolute awful, can't believe it, it's another mm. shark film. But the people that have actually spent the time watching it and not just judged yes. it by a poster have actually said, do you know what? I don't understand these low reviews. This is a great film. It's a lot of fun. It's mm. 90 minutes of entertainment and it's exactly what I wanted. And those people are actually really singing your praises. Thanks, mate. Well, they're the ones, and you, but you're true. Like for me, it is... You know, like, oh, some of the things that have been said and your mind goes there as a human. Yeah. Like the cool. same thing is like, holy shit, when I went on the set, I was like, I'm scared. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd be, you'd be lying if you, you wouldn't be telling the truth. You know what I mean? So it's really nice to get that back from friends because they ground you and they go, okay, yes, look, man, that's always going to be the case. But the people that do take the time, because, you know, you know, by saying that, that's what they've done by actually really yeah. looking at going, hey, and the things that they're critiquing, you as the director didn't have the control over. Do you know what I mean? So you might, okay, well, I did the best and I was polishing everything I could, you know. Um, so, um, and you go, okay, that's fair. Like, you know, and you go, thanks. You almost want to write back to them and go, oh, you know, thank you for actually taking the time. Yeah. And actually understanding what the movie is. You know, it is different from Jaws or or 47 Meters Down or The Shallows. You know, there's some good movies in there that are yeah. smart, smart, intelligent um, thrillers. You know, like you can put a shark film on it and there's a shark in there and you're going to be a target because once you go there. Um, but, um, you know, you do look at those... Um, you try and take in those good bits where they're actually going, hey, man, well done for this, this and this. And you go, hey, that's exactly what I was trying to do in those 25 days and in all the days in the edit suites and all the choices that you're making. That was what I was trying to do. And, oh, man, I wish I could really just um, focus on that all the time. Yeah. But, you know, of course, I'm, I'm vulnerable like anyone else to all that other stuff. And I just got to make sure that I you do that and then you've got all the other things that you're trying to do and all the other stuff that you're working with and all the great people out there that are supporting you. Um, and that's where you try and take your focus, you know, when you know you're going to get smashed, um, you know, and you just try your best to... Uh, I read another good review just before as well, which was really fair, you know, and, um, yeah, so, you know, the film wasn't there to be... Yentl or my dinner at Andre or you know like yeah <laughs> it's there to be a, it's a survival thriller it's we're looking at you know suspense and we're looking at crafting that type of deal uh the best we could with with what we had and I, I went in with it honestly going you know what no one cares what how many days you had they don't care how much money you had um and I I knew that, <laughs> but you still make mistakes. You know what I mean? Even when you know that. So uh, it was just like, I, I honestly tried my 100% best I could and that's what I did, you know? And that's why um, you should be proud and, you know, yeah. exactly. if, if you went in there and you half-hearted it and were like, that'll do and the studio will put it out, whatever, then oh. you kind of, well, you deserve to be, you know, told you're shit and all this. But yeah. You worked your ass off and you, you you were proud and that's important. And 
now the film's out there and it's finished and you can't suddenly go back in the edit suite and change something or, mm. you know, you've accepted that's that's it. You, your hands are tied now. It's it's finished. Yeah. What, what's, what's the kind of biggest lesson or the thing that you're now ready to change when it comes to making your next film? What's the thing that you will do differently from the whole experience of Great White? Uh, such an awesome question, man. Um, I... I'm still trying to figure a lot of that out, you know, because it's just everything happens actually seemingly it takes a long time, but it also happens fast as well when you're trying to think about what you want. Like, like I, to me personally, this every area I'm, I'm trying to get better at. So it's like, it's just how can I improve the script writing? How can I improve my, how do I take full responsibility? You know, like, to me, it's like I want to take full responsibility. I cop, I'll cop it in the neck, no worries. Um, but I don't want to blame anyone else, you know. Like, so I want to be better at every every element I could get better at, you know. Like, but I, you have to go through these things in order to do that, you know. It's like a hard, hardcore. But I would, I'd be more vigilant on certain effects things and. You know, I'll, I would just, um, I don't know, I would, God, I would do, I'd love to go back to the edit, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's such a great question. And and then you go, why didn't you tell me that before? <laughs> you know, like I could have changed it then, but, you know, like you get caught up in an edit because then you have to lock it off. So there's and, time and pressures, you know, you know I've, like I've... shit. Yeah, I've had quite a few editors on here and cinematographers and um, people behind the scenes and even artists who are drawing the movie posters. And one of the questions I've said to a few of them is, how do you know when your product or your your latest release is finished? Because as an editor for a podcast, I could sit here and edit me and you and take out every Mm. um, every breath that sounds slightly wrong every little bit that doesn't quite sound right, but then it ends up not sounding real and it sounds artificial. Mm. Now with a film, you said you'd love to still be in the suite now editing away and reading reviews mm. and then making changes, but there's a point where you have to say to yourself, look, this, this is it. This is the final line. Yeah. I need to cross it. And as a filmmaker, especially when it's your first feature film, that's got 25 days on set and isn't just you, it's a, a team of production. And oh, yeah. How do you know when it's like, I know you're in the edit suite, but there's got to be a point where you have to accept and let go. Yeah. Oh, you just, yeah, get all, you get so much notes from all the studios and yeah. the producers and you try and, you know what? I try and embrace those a hundred percent. And cause sometimes they're bloody good, you know? So I don't go in with it like, Oh no, here's some more goddamn notes. I've got to, and then, then I'll, I'll try and find a gem in those notes, which go, oh, thank you for giving me these notes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because actually, I couldn't see the forest from the trees. No. I was so bloody caught up in everything and too close to it. And I try and bring people in, friends, and that go, tell me, <laughs> yeah, tell me what I'm doing wrong here. So when I do lock it off, I'll be totally satisfied. And it still didn't work. <laughs> so, you know, like, so you just, you know, you got to come to an end and, and stuff and you know what i have learned from this you know like you know I don't, and I, I yeah i i have learned oh, so much and i've learned before the movie started doing the the pre during the movie and doing the edit and now i'm learning 
all this yeah. other stuff that when it hits distribution and the net, I'm learning all about that and how to handle, navigate all of that. So yeah, like, and hopefully I'll be better at dealing with that next time, you know? Um, so it's really fascinating the journey you go through and, you know, like, yeah, I want to be like, I, I see people that want to get in the film industry and I go, well, what do you want to do? Every nearly 90%, I want to be a director and something in myself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Can you, do you want to go for 20 years or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. that it's like, okay, it, it's, it's, and I hope you do like, you know what I mean? But I know it's going to be a tough road because I've had to travel it. Um, and yeah, it's, Oh, I just can't believe the, the the learning that you go through. Like every second is can be a punish until you you try and master some of these things. But you know, next time I'll add breaks, you know, like I'll be like vigorous on every freaking line of dialogue and every performance, which I thought we were doing on this one. Like I was rigorous and trying everything, you know. But uh, it's like next time maybe try it this way or do something else. I don't know, like. But, it's, but isn't it reassuring that you, even they've gone through this experience and sometimes it's so challenging and it can be such an uphill struggle, you're not put off and you're ready for the next one? Yeah, it's because, you know, it's the good people you meet as well. You try and make, you know, I try and make friends from yeah. these experiences, you know, like, um, and I've made friends with all the actors. I spoke to all of them today and they're all good they're right behind the film and behind me and stuff. And that's really nice because you've heard, we all know the stories of film sets been a catastrophe, you know, and yeah. a horrible place. And well, you don't want to spend six weeks somewhere. It doesn't work. And that's just a terrible thing to do to yourself. So um, that emboldens you as well as the people you meet on the way and the lifelong friends that, yeah, Hey, I'll, I'll do this again because I could make more friends or I could, you know, um, learn some more stuff. So yes, I'm. I, it was very tough, and there's no doubt when I came back to Perth, I kissed the ground. Yeah. <laughs> when I got <laughs> when I got to the airport, you know, I was like, oh, I'm home, thank God, you know. But there was, I reflect upon it, it was tough as hell, but it was so worth it, so worth it. You know, you, you kind of just touched upon this, and I ask this to everyone. It doesn't matter if they're a world famous actor or an up and comer, but a lot of people that listen to the Mark and Me podcast are people that are going to film school or are sitting at home yeah. with some equipment and a, a textbook and some YouTube videos that want to become someone in the film industry. So normally a director or an editor. Now, yeah, not everybody gets it on a plate. You're not going to have a career like J.J. Abrams where you get to do Star Wars, no. Star Trek and all this. And, you know, Spielberg, <laughs> Spielberg was very lucky and, you know, not lucky in the way that he didn't work for it, but, you know, to have Jewel and then the success yes. of Jewel, it was a really good road for him. He didn't have 20 years wait. No, no. He had the right producers and yeah. they saw they, yeah. that Jewel was a great, I mean, he made, like, the making of Jewel is... yeah. I, I tell everyone to watch that making of because he had 12 days and he was so clever. Like, yeah. like God, he was smart in that film, you know? And, um, and at the same time, you know, Jaws was being, I think anyone else would have walked off set and quit. You read the stories about oh. what happened, you know, it, most people would say, fuck this, I'm not doing it. I, it's gone over, mm -hmm. it's not going to happen. I'm not working with these robotics and I, I'm gone, fuck mm -hmm. this. But 
what advice do you give to people that are listening today that have to be patient, mm. that want to become a filmmaker and, you know, how, I want you to be real about it and tell them yeah. what it actually takes. Cause it isn't a case of buy a digital eight camera or buy yourself a 4k iPhone and go outside and make the next Blair witch. It's yeah. What, what do you say to those people that want to get their work seen and bloody have that chance to take that step? I think it's all about they're, they're just, if they have a passion which is just undeniable inside them, they will get there because it will just drive them. It will just keep them going even through the worst bits in that sense. Like you, if you find a passion in anything, you will just, you will keep going. And, and in the arts, you will need to find that drive inside you which makes you just go i just can't do anything else in my life i yeah. i don't care what the hell's going on it's just something that just I, i've fallen in love with this thing and it will it will it will force me to have years of you know um you know seeing my friends you know move past me in in many ways in life um, in terms of building, you know, life and career and families, because you can't necessarily do that in filmmaking, but and but you will get there because you have a passion that is is um, undeniable. And I think the best advice I give is to anyone is you just, for me, is you just be nice to nice to people all the yeah. time. If if you do that, you know, people will like you and they will give you opportunities where you didn't think they were going to be, you know. Like, I get that a lot. Yeah. I hear that a lot. A lot yeah. of people, even if you're just a runner on set, you know, just respect yeah. everyone around you. Ah. Do an, do anything for anyone and don't be a prick. Yeah. Because, you, like, it's just, I think some of the most successful people are the nicest people in the world. Yeah. You know, um, because they don't have anything to prove and they want to help others. You know, like, I think helping others and thinking of others is the most important thing you know it seems always goes a long way and eventually it will turn your way you know like um so i just yeah i just think be i don't believe in hierarchies because i think film sets are quite hierarchical yeah. um i know they are but i don't consider myself anyone special or anyone different to anyone else and it gets back to my philosophy that a film set is a very collaborative place where you want to be really nimble and you want to be listening to others and getting the best idea out there and yes. it's going to be better for the film and better for everyone and including you as the director you know like hey so what you know like just um you know because the more you like that the more people will they'll do so much more for you yeah. you know you get so much more bees with honey you really you, you people because often you don't have the money and stuff. So how are you going to get people to do stuff for you when, you, when you're starting out? It's like, you know, like be great to be around and they'll be, they'll, people will hang around with you and shoot your film with you. <laughs> like, no one wants to be around a jerk, you know, like no. and it's an ego, egotistical jerk. That just doesn't, the auteur thing, it just kind of doesn't fly, you know what I mean? For me, um, is the best advice I can give is that, you know, it's like just be yourself and be nice and be, you know, like, and, and get people encouraged and, and, and involved in your own passions. And you will go out and make films because there's actors that want to do that. 
there's someone that wants to do something else and you find a team of people that you will grow up with and work with. And my, my very final question today, and it's putting you on the spot, what I do on the Mark and Me podcast to make it a bit different and stand out from others is the outro music to every single episode, and we're 140 episodes in now, gets chosen by the guest that's on the podcast. Awesome. So on the spot, oh and I've done it to yeah. Hopkins, I've done it to Mads Mickelson, <laughs> all of them. Uh, so no, cool. one, no, one, no one gets a get out of prison card. You don't get time to come back to me. <laughs> it's, I'm going to ask you the question and I want you to go with what comes to your heart and soul. So the episode's finished. We've edited it. Thanks, Martin, for coming on the podcast, outro, and then the music comes in. You can choose one piece of music by any artist, a band, a score from a film, a piece of music, or yeah. the fucking song that you love. But what's the song when I ask the question that comes to your heart, your head, your soul straight away that you think that's my song? I reckon it is uh, by Ron, a guy called Ron Granger, who okay. was an Australian guy, and he did the original score to the Amiga Man. Oh, nice. Right, and it's uh, like uh, like the I've got it here on the trum tumbrel. Um, you'll you'll find it. It's the most amazing score you'll ever hear in my mind. The and is, is there a certain piece of music from there that you want to use, or yeah, like I um I just love there's this one track called on the on the tumbrel T U M B R I L yeah Ron Grain Grainer. Grainer. Perfect. Unbelievable, unbelievable, man. Great, great, great score. And I hope to be on again. I've got so many projects and, you know, um, I just uh, love talking to you, mate. That was, that was awesome. Your questions are so heartfelt and so cool, um, you know, and it makes you really want to, you know, give and, and um, yeah, it's really good, man. It never feels like work, my friend. I don't do it. I don't make money mm. off it. I don't do it for uh, yeah. a living and I don't get sponsorship. So I do it because I want fans out there and people, everyday people who walk into work or on the bus and they just get to hear two people passionate about things they enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was yeah. so cool. It was so good, mate. Oh, man. I feel enlivened now. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> I've got my next, which is the werewolves on the plane and the other you know the the big cat thing in australia where there's cats you know the black panthers roaming around i know yeah. that's in the in the uk as well but i've got the stand by me ghost in the darkness version of that so there's some really hoping all these things come to fruition but these good genre fun genre yeah. pieces to to come and i, I mean i'd love to talk about more stuff but yeah so awesome to talk to you mark and no it's a pleasure doing it's a nice brilliant job buddy i appreciate your time thanks today. mate and awesome uh, I mean what I say. I, I, I oh. enjoy this and I will keep in contact. Thank you so much, Mark. So there it is. There's my interview with me and Martin Wilson. And as I said at the start of today's episode, which I truly mean, it's one of my favourite ever interviews that I've done on this podcast. I absolutely adore it. It's so real. It's so genuine. It's just him and me talking. And the conversation just went in all different places. And the whole time I was absolutely buzzing. So a huge thanks for him for coming on the show and talking all about Great White. I hope you guys have enjoyed it just as much as me. And honestly, I appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. At the moment, it's absolutely insane. 
and the podcast is hosted on Amazon Music, Spotify, Podomatic, iTunes, all the different various places that you'd expect the podcast to be. But that takes money. And honestly, with this podcast, I really do rely heavily on my Patreon. I've seen it grow quite a lot over the last couple of weeks, but I need it to keep on growing. If you've really enjoyed today's episode and you're not actually quite familiar with Patreon, I just want to take a second to explain exactly what I'm asking. If you love this podcast and you really want to support it, you can go on the Patreon page and there's a link on that on markandme.com. You're probably thinking, what the hell's Patreon? It's literally just like saying, thanks so much for this episode, here's a couple of quid, or let me buy you a coffee. It's the equivalent of that. It goes a massive way and helps me go out there and host the podcast on all these different directories. It also allows me to travel the country and take time out to do these interviews, which I'm now doing two or three episodes every single week. So you might think, God, he mentions this on every episode. Without that, I can't do this podcast. So that's why it's so important. But if you just want to enjoy the podcast and not support me, hey, just share the episode. Jump on markandme.com because on there there's links to my Facebook, my Twitter and my Instagram. It costs nothing to retweet or share it on your Instagram or put it on your Facebook page. That's such a huge tool for this podcast and how I reach a whole brand new audience. So please take the time to do that. It's free and goes a huge, huge way. I want to say a massive thanks as well to the guys at vicepress.com. They are absolutely amazing. Those guys donate amazing pictures, posters, artwork every single episode and if you jump onto the website and go on the social media links you'll see some of the prizes that are up for grabs this week also last exits of nowhere who are easily the best t-shirt company in the world have donated an incredible jaws t-shirt to tie in with the shark theme of this episode so check out those sites this week to find out how to win these i'll be back in only a couple of days time with a brand new episode so until then look after yourself take care and i'll see you all soon
Thank you.